Welcome to A Younger Voice, your essential youth guide to politics. I'm your host, Benjamin Glover. Today, 40% of Americans wish for more than two parties. Yet third parties like the Libertarians and the Greens are finding it increasingly difficult to appeal to young voters. Joining me to discuss this is Shannon Bray, gubernatorial candidate and Libertarian. We will also be discussing his bid for governor in North Carolina in an increasingly partisan world. I'm here with Shannon Bray from the hospital, who's running for governor of North Carolina as a libertarian. He's a cybersecurity expert and veteran who has previously run for both the House and the Senate. Thanks for coming on, Shannon. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So start off a little bit. Uh, could you give your stump speech, your campaign elevator pitch here? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, and I don't really have a predefined stump speech because I, I seem to always kind of uh, flow in and out of various issues. And um, But really, you know, North Carolina has been under the leadership of both Democrats and Republicans. Um, in fact, we are a very unique state in the way that, you know, most of the House and the Senate for the state are Republican. And then we have a governor um, as or uh, a Democrat as a governor. Um, but one thing that um, one thing that's clear is no matter whose leadership we're under, um, things aren't getting better. In fact, um, a couple months ago, you had both Cooper and um, and Robinson both get out and taunt how great North Carolina was for companies. It was they uh, North Carolina was rated number one. Uh, in in companies, mm -hmm. uh, but what they didn't highlight was that they were also dead last in uh, employee satisfaction. So there was a there's kind of um, it just kind of shows that you don't typically always get the whole story. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things to focus on during the campaign um, is you know as, as a libertarian, it's really more on personal choice, mm -hmm. uh, you being able to make decisions for you instead of, you know, the government, like the lockdowns. We, we found that those weren't effective. Uh, Florida actually had the best plan. They had no lockdown. Um, so it, it's it's the little things like that that really kind of hurt the North Carolina economy. Um, but education's in, important, too. And I'm concerned about where our education is going. It's um, we spend a lot more money than a lot of other states and we're, we're coming in last. And, um, and then the economy, all right, the, the economy is uh, another big one where there's a lot of things that I can do to kind of focus on North Carolina as a state. But as we, as we move forward, I mean, the feds about to uh, raise rates again, or maybe they'll skip this time and raise them up in October or uh, December but um, the one thing about raising that rate is it, it's a tax on poor people, mm. right? It's it's basically the government overspent money, and now it has inflation to where your bread costs more, your eggs cost more, your milk costs more, and so it costs your normal families a lot more money based off of poor decisions. So that's another area that I'd like to talk about, um, that I'm going to focus on. And then there's a couple other ones. I'm I'm very uh, cannabis friendly, mm -hmm. um, and um, 
I'm, I'm in the hospital now due to um, a domestic violence issue with my uh, with my wife. Um, and I lost a lot of I couldn't go to my house, my cars or anything without due process. So one of the things I'm also going to fight for as governor is to make sure that good people don't get over penalized off the hearsay of another person. I so, um, yeah, so those are really kind of uh, my primary focuses um, mm -hmm. for this next election cycle, but with the economy and uh, healthcare really being uh, at the top of that. Absolutely. So you're a strong believer in individual rights? Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So uh, moving into the main question section now, about one in five voters in North Carolina are under the age of 30. What is your message specifically to them? Well, with them, um, the uh, there's a lot, uh, and I know I have a lot of friends that are, are under 30. Um, a lot of them are still trying to find their careers trying to find out if college is right um, uh, or if they should go to college after not, if the military is right. And, um, you know, these are all things that are really kind of plaguing the the younger generation, but it's it goes more into that. I, I see a lot of them being non-political, right? They, they're very open-hearted, um, you know, seem to care about, people in their community uh, and we have we have the government right that kind of goes in the opposite direction uh, and we see that with you know um you know a lot of the social issues and stuff as well where the younger generation is really I feel like they're really trying to make an impact but from the bottom up as opposed from the top down yeah um okay so that's interesting so you would advocate for more um political involvement civic engagement from from people under 30 well yeah and not just that though but also i'd like to help train people on um how how to work and how to do their hustles right because that's one of the things the younger generation has right now is there's a lot of side hustles right people may have one job they may have three or four jobs and they're working uh as influencers or whatever, just trying to kind of um, to help that out. Uh, I've been working two W-2 jobs now for a couple years, side by side, being able to work from home, right? And that gives me the opportunity to, you know, um, build a substantial income. Um, and there's a lot of things like that, that the younger generation can do quite well because they're very tech savvy. You know, mm. it's not things that would apply to people typically my age and, and up because they, you know, they, they lack, uh, they, they lack the, the technical ability, but mm -hmm. with now with AI and all of that coming out, it would be great to, um, help the younger generation find those roles, find those jobs that don't actually exist right now. Um, that are just kind of, um, just starting to emerge and then have them, um, you know, be able to capitalize and build build careers in those industries. Absolutely. So you're referring specifically to, you know, uh, side hustles. I'm trying to think of some examples here to do with drop shipping or, for example, yeah. uh, the gig economy. Would you include that as well? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Awesome. Really so, anything that, you know, people have talent with and they're just trying to make extra money, mm -hmm. whether it's drone photography or, 
Um, you know, there's so many younger people now doing so many creative things um, that, you know, it would be great for them to find a way to be able to uh, capitalize on making a living off that. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you've advocated for the abolishment of qualified immunity, the abolishment of civil forfeiture and the abolishment of no knock warrants. You've yes. also advocated for the use of social workers and the demilitarization of police departments in North Carolina. Specifically, yes. I want to ask you about your support for the demilitarization of police in relation to, like, has your experience in the Navy affected your opinion regarding these issues? Um, with the Navy, not so much, because then it was kind of more of a, I was constantly at, at war, kicking doors. Uh, I was a diver. So the the my experience in the Navy was a little different, um, but it's been more of the the George Floyd um, mm. issues, and you know a lot of the um, just a lot of the civil issues that we we've had. Um, there was like a a fourteen year old kid with autism that was gunned down with no weapon, mm. um, and you know that's all stuff that should never happen, and that's why I think that it would be you know if we kind of demilitarize the police a little bit, have social workers involved a little better, um, then, you know, you won't have people saying, oh, I was scared of my life of a 14-year-old kid with autism. Mm. I, I happen to agree with you on these issues, but my number one question when I when I read this was, how would you implement these policies if elected, considering both houses, you know, the House and the Senate in North Carolina are both controlled by Republicans? Well, see, the nice thing is, is that I'll be able, I'll have veto power. So mm. anything that I feel is over excessive, I'll be able to, I'll be able to be, I'm going to, I am going to put out statements to the police departments on what I'm going to allow and not allow. And I'm going to veto anything that I feel is excessive. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. So um... I'll be heavily involved in like the, the social issues because I believe um, especially I'm fortunate that I'm, that I'm white. Right. Um, but there's, uh, there, we have black and brown people who don't have the same opportunities that I have. And it would be great to, um, it would be great to make sure that they aren't, um, I've spent quite a bit of time in the last few months in the legal system, talking mm. to a lot of people hearing their stories and hearing how they got screwed over um, by bad people and they have no way to defend themselves. So I think this kind of really goes back into the, uh, you know, remodeling, not just the police department, but our entire legal system mm -hmm. is uh, abuses good people um, when it's when it's designed to um, when it's not supposed to. Absolutely. Right. It's it's um, it, unintentional consequences, basically, that they write a law and then are able to apply that law openly across the board, um, whether or not that's the the why the law was written to begin with. Hmm. Like in so, the uh, like in the case of no knock warrants, where we're seeing cases of abuse by police departments. Absolutely. Yeah. No knock warrant. Go in, you shoot the guy and then realize that you were in the wrong house. Hmm. It's, I mean, it's truly a horrifying policy that is so widespread in our country today. 
Yeah, yeah, and it, it's just used there for abuse, right? And then they'll they'll no knock you, and then they take all your stuff, uh, yeah. whether you, whether you've gone to court or not and been found guilty. Yeah. So, um, moving on to the next question, you've also advocated for the decriminalization of marijuana and and called yes. for an end to the war on drugs. Yes. Can you explain your position a bit more on this, please? Do you would yeah, you advocate absolutely. for a so, decriminalization or a legalization? Legalization, but I would start with decriminalization. Mm. Um, in fact, I believe that I would be able to legalize uh, marijuana by executive order on day one, which would be one of the moves that I would um, I would do. Uh, I know that they're getting ready to pass or. I believe they're getting ready to pass the the medical marijuana um, for you know people with PTSD and and trauma, um, and I think that's a good start. That's um, that's one of the areas that why I became passionate about it to begin with, be, because being in the VA, having a long term injury, seeing people with PTSD, um, they get over medicated with opioids mm. um, from the VA. Uh, they get depression. They just get more pills. They shoot themselves in the parking lot. Um, you know, these are all things that could be um, uh, addressed with non-pharmaceuticals. And this goes into cannabis. It can go down into um, psychedelics. You know, for for PTSD, there's a lot of great studies coming out there. Um, so, yeah, I think the war on drugs is really more of a war on people. Mm. Um, and you know, it, it needs to stop. Hmm. All right. Excellent. Um, the next question would be, how would you define a libertarian? Because, uh, often what we're seeing, uh, with libertarians trying to reach out to young, younger folks is that they're stereotyped as being far right. So I guess my question would be, if you were to define a libertarian in one sentence, what would it be? Uh, libertarians to me are, are, um, they're typically physically conservative, but then socially, um, liberal. Mm. So we, we kind of fit in this in kind of in the middle, uh, or kind of the best of, we take half of one party and half of the other, um, mm -hmm. you know, with, with the Republicans, um, you know, they're, they're heavy into, regulation they're they're heavy into controlling people themselves right they they care about what's happening in the bedroom when they shouldn't mm -hmm. um where then on the flip side you have the democrats who are just willing to overspend and when they overspend that causes inflation and causes our taxes to rise up so you got to find that that spot in the middle right to where um in fact i'm advocating for um uh, lower no taxes um, as, as well to make sure that the people keep their um, their income tax out of out of North Carolina. Uh, and in well, doing so, I'd have to reduce the budget. Right. Yeah. I'd have to reduce the North Carolina budget and get rid of some of the jobs that we as, as, and I won't do it myself, you know, as a committee goes through and says, hey, can, you know, where who should be doing these responsibilities and, you know, trying to take the size of our government and, and make it smaller so that people have more control over both their income and the government. Okay. Well, that actually segues me very well into my next question here. So thank you for that. But um, 
what if you were to be let's say you're elected governor in 2024 you take mm -hmm. office january 2025 and you are going to submit a budget and you want to cut income tax to little or nothing uh, yes what i mean obviously huge slashes have to come with that where where would that come from in inside of the government of north carolina well a lot of it we would um I just go through each of the the agencies and kind of reduce them down to what's what's needed. I've worked for the government uh, pretty much outside when I wasn't in the military. I've worked for the government for most of my life, and I see the waste in agencies. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it wasn't just DOD. I've worked for uh, uh, State Department, DOD, CIA, NSA, um, a, a number of uh, agencies and I see I see waste in all of those. Mm -hmm. That's at the federal level. Uh, so I'm my assumption is is we have a lot of um, excess at the state level as well. And there's some departments that I would just shut down. Um, you know we we won't need police officers to go after uh, you know marijuana offenses mm -hmm. anymore. We're going to free them up to actually do their particular jobs, right? And I don't necessarily want um, cops kicking in doors all the time on nonviolent people. Um, so we would, you know, remove some of it, the budget there as well. Um, so it's just, uh, an education is a place where I think we probably need to revamp completely because we are overspending an education and not getting anything out of it. So um, that would be an area of a focus as well. And we have the education lottery, right? And that seems to be the only money that goes to our education. So there, there's some, there's some things like that, that would definitely need to be in the works. Absolutely. So um, this July, an abortion ban came into effect in North Carolina, effectively banning all abortions after the 12th week. In addition to other major restrictions, how would you address this issue of abortion as governor, as a libertarian? It's a tough one. Um, as a libertarian, the, the, the party splits in the middle. You have the you have some very yeah. Uh, it's it's my body, my choice. And then you also have the people who believe in the nap, right? The non-aggressive principle um, to where you're you're causing harm. Uh, as a Senate candidate, I was um, I was no restrictions, right? Um, I didn't want the federal government making those decisions. As a governor, though, at the state level, I do feel like there needs to be um, some guidance put in place. I've talked to a lot of women over the last year. Um, most feel that 12 weeks is okay. Some had a, you know, would like to see 16 weeks, but then um, after that, everything kind of made sense. And as long as we're keeping in the rape, incest, you know, those are still, those are still um, qualifiers for, for an abortion, right? It's, so it's more about just, um, stopping any late-term healthy abortions is really what I would be looking to. But in cases of rape, incest, or the mother's life's in danger, I think all of those should be on the table, and all of those should override the the, the 12 or 16-week timeline. Would you support uh, 
lifting some of the restrictions to the point at which a fetus becomes viable instead of the first trimester in which the fetus is never viable? Yeah, yeah, it would it would be till the fetus is viable. And that's kind of where I'm trying to figure out what, what weeks those are in. Hmm. So moving on, when you ran for Senate in 2022, you earned roughly 50,000 votes, about one and a half percent of the vote. Uh, aggregates mm -hmm. of recent polling uh, by 538 have suggested that the margin between the Republican, Republican and Democratic candidates in North Carolina are as slim as roughly two to three percent. What is your plan to appeal as a third party candidate in such a tight election? Well, um, two years, well, two elections ago when we had um, uh, Tillis and Cunningham, it was 171,000 votes and I did split their ticket um, and it had to go into a recount for like a month. Mm -hmm. um, this time around, I'm not just going for three percent. I will actually have one of the biggest problems in our past is not being able to raise enough money to compete against the millions and billions of dollars that are, are that are put into the, the media cycle. Um, but due to recent circumstances, uh, a one, I'm in the hospital, I'm going to be able to use a lot of this to actually own some media so that my voice is out there more than just, um, you know, a couple podcasts and stuff. So yeah. it, it's, I'm, I'm looking to make a much bigger splash because of recent events in my life. All right. Um, let's see here. Last question. Uh, a couple of days ago, the Republican controlled legislator of North legislature of North Carolina over over overrid overrid incumbent governor Roy Cooper's veto uh to uh to key bills regarding election law. These two bills will restrict the electorate's ability to register to vote and will change the way in which county boards of elections are selected, potentially leading to a nightmare scenario where the certification of elections becomes impossible due to a gridlocked board of Republicans and Democrats. What is your opinion on these new restrictions and election law in a broader sense? Yeah, we shouldn't. Um, those those restrictions are put in place to help the Republicans win continuously down the road. Those kind of restrictions need to be removed. Everything needs to be fair across the board for all parties, not just the Republican and the Democrats, but the third parties as well. So um, a lot of those need to be examined and um and removed, right? Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of issues with gerrymandering. Um, it seems like every election we are um, having to, um, you know, wait and wait till the lines are redrawn. <clears throat> that it, it needs to be, it needs, all of that probably needs to be done by a third party or even even like the Libertarian party, um, you know, who has, who has, um, who has um, views against all of the uh, regulations and stuff that go into that. So would you support voter ID laws? I do support voter ID laws only because I have to use an ID for everything. Um, so, but that's really, uh, and, and when I looked at, when, when I looked at the data on there, I really didn't find that 
requiring an ID uh, to vote would be that much of an issue. Hmm. All right, lightning round. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Which politician do you most admire in history? Wow. Um, that's a great question. Thanks. I guess, um, I don't know. Hmm. I, um, I, I've had some that I admired and then later found out what really happened and was disenchanted by them. You Case know, of a point was like uh, John McCain, hmm. uh, Navy veteran, uh, POW, five years, um, a naval hero. Right. So being in the Navy, I was I was drawn to him. Uh, but then when I found out how uh, I'm, I'm anti-war and he's pro-war and, you know, when I learned more about him, it became um, I was I was a little saddened by by that. And the same thing with uh, George W. Bush. Right. I was a big fan of his. But then, you know, or both all both Bushes, actually. You, you learn more about people after and and um while I supported them while they were in office, I I later be understood that um they didn't always have the best interest of the people. Um at, you know, so politicians have kind of been that way for me. I might like someone until I actually know them better. You know, I think you'd be surprised at uh, how many people agree with you. <laughs> I would be because it's not that was a great question. I I don't really know. Um, I've never heard anybody really give their feedback on that. So that would be crazy. Yeah. So do you support or oppose term limits for governors and senators? I support term limits. Right. Um, the nice thing is, is we have term limits here. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely think that term limits are important so that we keep um you know, we keep new, fresh ideas and, and new people. Preferably, um, I would, you know, I, I'm against career polit politicians. Me, myself, if I win, I, I it's only a two-term limit anyway, so that's really not that big of a deal here. But, you know, you go you go in, you make your changes, and then you, you get out, right? Mm -hmm. um, and not try to be the president of the people, Um and, you know, your your job is to help govern the state and help take care of the people, not necessarily uh, control them um, the way that many governors do. Hmm. So I guess kind of along the same track there, would you support or oppose age limitations for elected officials? Um, I don't think I would. I don't think I would uh, go as far as to have an age restriction because while Biden is clearly um, not functioning on his own, that's not necessarily the case. And he could be 60 years old. A, a person could be 60 and have dementia uh, or be 80 and be super sharp. Um, mm -hmm. So like Warren Buffett, right? I, I, I don't know how old he is, but I'm pretty sure he's in his 80s, um, mm -hmm. but he's sharp as a tack. Um, so I would hate to disqualify a great mind just because of their age. So, um, but at the same time, uh, I I wouldn't want to disqualify a younger person because of their age either. So, 
this is kind of a this is kind of an out there question, but would you support lowering the voting age? I would. To what age? Um. Oh. Uh. As. Oh. What I meant was I'd I'd lower the the age to um to run as an office, but I would also lower the voting age to sixteen. Sixteen. Right. The reason why is because that's when you're able to work. You're mm. paying taxes. And if you aren't able to vote, then that's essentially taxation without representation. Mm. So either you don't take the money from people that are under 18, uh, or if you do take their money, you allow them to have a voice. Absolutely. So um, if you were elected in 2024, what would be your day one first act? Day one first act would be... um, the war against drugs. I would do whatever I could to um, to start getting people out of prison that don't belong there. Mm. So issuing uh, gubernatorial pardons? Yes. It, for like nonviolent criminals. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people um, that, you know, just have simple drug charges on possession and they just have several of them and they end up spending half their lives in jail. These aren't people that these aren't people that need to be in prison. Um, so I would want them out trying to rebuild their lives and stuff. And their lives have already been taken from them. So, you know, it's um, I don't want to see that happen to any other people as well. Yeah. All right. Well, ending it off with a little bit of a, uh, a, a more fun question. What's your favorite thing about North Carolina? Oh, my God, the diving. Uh, I moved here. Um, to go diving off the coast. One thing that a lot of people don't know is during World War II, the submarines, the U-boats were outside, um, you know, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, just sinking ships, mm-hmm. military vessels, um, commerce vessels. And so now we have hundreds of boats um, sunk off the shore that I love to go diving for and, you know, get Megalodon teeth. Um so that's my number one thing. But just North Carolina in general is an absolutely beautiful state. And we've got mountains. We've got ocean. Um, the, the people are just outstanding. Um, so, yeah, the weather outside, the two weeks of pollen or the two or three days of yellow pollen that screws up my dive gear every year. Um, you really can't beat the weather either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, North Carolina kind of falls in that golden belt of america where it's not too hot like florida but it's not too cold like up there in new york that's right yeah Yeah, i like it a lot all right great well that's all the questions i've got is there anything you want to say before you go no no um uh thanks for the opportunity and thanks for reaching out and um and allowing me chat